0: Hello there, welcome to another episode of the Gamer Guild podcast. Today I am joined by Kenny, uh, who is on here pretty frequently, and first time on the podcast that I'm at least aware of, but been on the YouTube channel many times, uh, Jimmy the Hand or Justin, and we're going to be talking about our three favorite underrated MCP characters. My name is Nate, and welcome to the Gamer's Guild. Alrighty, righty, guys. Uh, say hello and all that stuff, I guess. Hello, hello and all that, that stuff, stuff, I guess. I guess. Uh, <laughs> and so it begins. We are rule
1: followers. Yep.
0: <laughs> to the letter, apparently. <laughs> uh, so we are just going to kind of be talking about some characters that we either personally think are underrated or maybe think that the community undervalues for what they bring to the table, either as a splash, an affiliation, maybe even all of the above. Uh, And so basically we will present our case, and then the other two uh, hosts will have some questions, maybe point out some flaws, and give the uh, original defender another chance to kind of be like, hey, there might be some downsides to this character, but overall still worth uh, bringing in the 10. Uh, any volunteers to see who goes
1: first? Kenny. Kenny's the volunteer. Oh, wow. okay. Voluntold it is. I was, I was going to let
2: our guest go first, but I mean, if he wants me to go first, I'll do it. Um, the first character I want to talk about, I'm going to go from with my characters from low th- lowest threat to highest threat. So I'm going to start with a three threat, uh, a member of the Black Order, and that is super giant. Um, the case for her is. Not that she's she's not a bad character. She's just very uh, a little more niche. And in those roles where she is niche, she really, really excels. So I like using her specifically in matchups against more uh, control-based affiliations like maybe Wakanda or Web Warriors where you're seeing a lot more pushes um, because that supreme control um, prevents her or her allied characters from being pushed. Um, she's also got some really... Or she's got a really solid mystic attack as far as her gainer goes um, the mental vampire which also helps her heal damage um, but the thing I like most about her is her omnipathy ability um, to gain a power each time an enemy character within three rolls a crit ability rolls a crit um, because it helps her get a ton of power to be able to help pay for any kinds of tactics or um, be able to do her push stopping ability um her spender attack devastate intellect is is fun thematically i think for black order but as far as like an actual spender attack goes it costs eight power and doesn't do damage so and you have to hit some kind of crazy obscure trigger for it's a daze or ko a character mm-hmm. um, so i definitely like that's a that's a rule of cool thing where if you can hit it it's awesome but It's not something that really kind of value on her.
0: It's a little bit of a trap, you would say.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely try to fish for it if I have the power and want to and Mm -hmm. need to. But I mean, I've rolled it like 10, 15 times and still haven't hit it yet. I'm I'm still chasing that high. That's fair.
1: Getting it on the full health Hulk is uh, the dream.
2: It's the dream right there. Yeah. Or just getting it against Merzane in general to tilt him <laughs> would be amazing.
0: Fair enough. Uh, do you, uh, do you like her with the soul gym or without?
2: Um, it depends. Like for my janky games where I'm trying to do that, devastate intellect and get the trigger. I have the soul gym because I want as much power as possible, but usually I don't think it's worth having the soul gym on her. Um, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense in my opinion.
0: Yeah, unless you're really just fishing for as many devastates uh, the omnipathy,
2: omnipathy. See, probably the better. That is to say that, that
1: is a complicated word to pronounce. <laughs> um,
2: omnipathy, I think that's what I would say.
1: I think
0: so. That that sounds right. Sure, uh, but that usually j- supplies her with enough power between that and her gainer.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I mean her gainer is awesome too because if she's taking damage, she's she's healing it. If she's dealing damage too, so. Her her five and five health, um, really doesn't feel all that bad unless she gets like spiked by an energy or mystic attack. That's fair. Now,
1: there's a a couple of things about this character that I wish were a little different. Like she has such a weird build where she has one physical defense and she can take a a the most she'll take from a physical attack is one, which is cool. But if she gets hit, yeah. she drops. Any objective token she's holding, and that that is that's brutal. If you're trying to have her do anything other than babysit a point, but if she's babysitting a point, I want the range of her gainer, the mental vampire attack, to be four and not three. It's like there's things where it's like if she had just a little more range with her gainer, I would love her a lot more.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I. I typically don't pick up any extracts with her just because of that. Mm -hmm. Unless I happen to be playing like convocation or like a full on mystic team that has zero physical attacks. Um, But typically she's not doing that unless like maybe she's the last activation and I really need the point. And at that point it's worth it. Um, As far as um, her ranged on her attack, I mean, I feel like range three is Pretty solid um, for a three threat and for a mystic attack that can heal. Um, I think if it was range four and could heal, like that would be a good bit. That that would be really good.
1: It would it would yeah. be very good. But for like how I envision using her is like a backpoint babysitter that you know because you've got range four on your your stopping a push ability. So yeah being able to kind of stay on a back point, still be able to affect things on the midpoint, and also be able to kind of help her allies from there is how I see her. But she can't really hit the midpoint with that range three attack if she's on a back point. I, I don't know. And maybe I'm overthinking it here, but... I think the, the range close. three is
0: fine uh, because I I envision her as somebody who... You kind of want up in the middle of the fight because, like, sure, she's not holding an extract, but neither is Ant-Man, and he seems to do just fine. But what Ant-Man has that she definitely does not uh, is mobility. So I guess my, uh, my two concerns are, one, is a 35 millimeter base with a short move really viable? And because she doesn't play into her affiliations game plan, which is dazing and KOing people as the Black Order love to do, do you try to take her as a splash or do you run her in Black Order?
2: Um, I haven't splashed her personally. Mm. Um, but I mean, I think she could be a viable splash if you're if you, I mean, it just depends on like, it's kind of a meta call. Like if you think you're going to see, like I said, a lot of pushes um she's a a good character to include um but as far as her mobility um because she can stop herself from being pushed um i found that often enough like like you get her up in the up in the action and i mean do you want to deal with her or do you want to like maybe deal with corvus or black swan or black dwarf or proxima more Mm mm-hmm and try to control them versus controlling super giant. Who's I don't know. Who's super like, giant. Yeah. Who's, I mean, she like, there's a reason like she's not rated very highly. I just think she's underrated and people kind of like gloss over like what she can do for her utility.
0: Yeah. It's not necessarily that she so, like you're considering her as a A tier character. It's just that for where she's at, you think people are, undervaluing her even at like a C tier.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think she's a high C, maybe low B at her best. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most people would probably rate her in the low C, maybe D tier um, because I mean, she's a small base with a short move. Like people really don't like that unless they have some other movement shenanigans like Mysterio or something.
1: Say Mysterio Mm -hmm. was the first one that came to mind, but you know, it's like looking at her kit I actually kind of like her as a splash for uh, Convocation. Because she's got the fullest yeah. defense. Like on those Ironbound turns, she could actually be very tanky. We've got four physical defense. And if they happen to get more than one damage, so you knock it down to one. Like, I don't know. I just, I, she seems fun in that kind of aspect. Now, do you just completely ignore the submit power, the, the range um, up to range five?
2: Yeah, there's not really a lot of civilian extracts right now that you yeah. want to interact with it on. And, um, I mean, like there used to be... Like, what are all the civilian ex- extracts? Like, we've got <coughs> well, scrolls.
1: W- one of them is banned currently, so...
2: Yeah, like there's <laughs> not a lot there. So, I mean, hopefully... Yeah, the, you can't interact with the
0: senator when you're trying to find him cuz yep. at that point he's a target of opportunity, I think.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, so like really it's it's spider infected and you can roll further away for the uh
2: the scroll. Yep. But cool uh, I don't know. I think people should give super giant more of a chance but don't just windmill slammer anywhere.
0: That's fair. Uh, Justin, what is uh, your first uh, underrated character that you would like to proclaim to the world?
2: My
1: first underrated character is Gambit. I'm a huge X-Men fan. I run X-Men probably too much. Um, Storm's leadership is becoming a crutch for me. I feel lost without the hop. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've noticed with the community, especially like with a lot of X-Men players, Gambit is left on the shelf more often than not and i don't get it like i I know that there was an expectation that he was going to be some awesome piece because it's based on the 90s cartoon and he looks like he's from the 90s cartoon and he's an awesome character he's a fan favorite in the game though he's built a very there's like a, an order of play with how he goes. Like his beam, you only get maybe one a game. I don't build my game plan around him getting that 52 car pickup attack.
0: Mm-hmm. What,
1: what I want out of him is for him to control a secure. So my, my kind of order of operations when I'm dealing with Gambit, the first thing I want to do is move up, get a bow staff attack and If I have to pay for the the, a little something extra to flip a hit to a wild to get the push, that's what I want. I want him to knock someone off the point and control it for a turn. Next thing I'm saving for, my power, is I want to be able to enhance the agility off that point if I need to, to ping a damage and get out of range of an attack or what have you as a response, just to kind of keep him alive a little longer. Finally... Once he gets dazed and he comes back the next round with, you know, seven or eight power, that's when I want to get him into position to 52 card pickup. If I can hit it with the accelerated charge with a point or two left over for a little something extra, that's amazing. But that's like eight, nine power you're talking about. And it's rare that he has that even after getting up from being dazed. So the main point of the character for me is a control piece for a stationary securer pay to flips which X-Men like I don't particularly care for him on it unless it's sword base just because that one is so once you control a point you've got it and there's no danger to, to flipping it at that point but like mutant madmen and portals I don't, I don't bring him as much but like was infinity formula like that's a great one for him we can generate extra power, knock an opponent off of the point. Like he's my favorite late round activation where I just move him, bow staff attack, knock someone off the point, and take it over from him at the end of the turn. That's my game plan with him at least. And I've had great success with him. Like I, I don't think he's a schlub on the table. Like I, I actually choose to bring him in my ten when I'm building a list.
0: Yeah, no, I don't I don't blame you. Uh I think uh, I, I agree with you. Gambit's a little bit underrated. Uh, I wish that Accelerate Charge only cost two or maybe 52-card pickup only cost two or something like that.
1: If 52-card pickup only costs two, he would be very, very, uh,
0: very... Cost good. one less, so it would be down to three. Above. Down to three, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, 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 could see, I could see I that. Because then yeah. the combo is still six power with the Accelerated Charge and 52-card pickup. That's still hard to hit. Yeah. Now, the nice, like, thing, the nice thing about him is that he has both a gainer and a builder. So mm-hmm. you've got the kinetic ace, which is just his card throw. It's range three, five dice. The explosive actually is really nice on it. Because if you've got people bunching up on a point, you can actually use that little something extra to ping damage onto those other pieces to kind of weaken them up. Mm-hmm. So when you do get that 52 card pickup, you've got like two or three people that are already hit for a time or two. So you can, I mean, potentially daze three pieces in a single attack if you line it up right. Now that's the dream. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't always work out that way, but...
0: Yeah, no, I mean, otherwise, completely agree. Enhanced agility slash parting shot is uh, something I continuously forget that he has. And too many a time I've got a character with like one health left and I attack Gambit because it's like, all right, let's get some chip damage on Gambit before we go and do whatever else we're going to do. And it's like, oh, I she didn't kill you that? and you killed me and then <laughs> I was sad. Uh, so now I've got uh, I've got a decent bit of respect for Gambit.
1: I, I mean, yeah, he's he's a little flimsy. He's got, you know, 10 total health, five on each side, three defense on each stat. But Normally, nine times out of ten, he's in a list with Storm, so he's got that built-in kind of mm-hmm. cover going, which is nice because if he's getting hit from range three, which you know a lot of attacks are based around range three, he gets a uh, base success put in regardless. And you know, being able to soak a hit or two before you die is nice, but having that enhanced agility to get out of range so they can't double tap him. And ping a damage is actually pretty clutch when it comes to a lot of these attacks.
0: Yeah. Kenny, any thoughts? Criticisms?
2: I haven't played Gambit enough to like have any like major thoughts on it. Um I know like a lot of the uh, there's a good amount of people in the various online communities who don't care for him, but I just can't remember what their criticisms are except for he should have stealth was there anything else that like that people like say about him that maybe we well
1: a lot of it is he's too flimsy it's like and they they build their game plan around his beam which I I get because that's a very like spicy if you can get the buff beam where you're rolling like seven dice into a target character and wilds count is double like that's you can spike a lot of damage with those attacks oh yeah but having that I won't say guaranteed push, but having a gainer that all you need to do is roll a hit or a wild to push someone size three or lower, which is a key number in a lot of matchups. And it's also something that X-Men don't have a ton of. Like Beast can only throw size two. Storm can only throw size two. If you're running Cyclops, Cyclops can only push size two. Yeah. So having a person who can actually affect size three characters is more useful than I think people give credit for.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, how do you feel about the little something extra ability? Do you find it's worth the one power more often than not? Do you find yourself rolling the hit enough to change into a wild? Like, How often would you say you're using that ability on your attacks?
1: I, I pretty much exclusively use it on two attacks. I use it on my bow Staff attack first and foremost, and then I will save it if I have the, like, I've actually kind of waffled back and forth about this. Like, I can't decide if it's better to beam with five dice, but have a couple power left over for a little something extra, or if it's better to beam with seven dice and have no power left over for a little something extra. Because sometimes being able to spike an extra hit or two for a power is more worth it than it is to try and fish for those wild results. But like I said, yeah. I, I I can never, like I always feel like I chose wrong no matter which way I choose. So it's hard to say. That's tough. Yeah. Now I will also say that he, he's a good splash character too, because his dark past card is actually really awesome because it it's free. So it doesn't cost him anything to do. Now the only problem you can't use it with Uncanny X Wing, which I despise. But it, <laughs> it it gives each ally character within three of Gambit the stealth superpower until the end of the round. So mm-hmm. being able to kind of like have that in like round two when you've got people where like let's say you've um enhanced agility out of an attack range and now you're back with like your backline shooters that you don't want to get shot up the next round. Well, you can dark past because you play it during the power phase. So it's not like you have to wait till he activates. And then you just, you're, you're covered for that round with stealth and they have to move within two of you to target anybody. Like that, that is a useful card that I don't think it's played much and gets brought up much.
2: Yeah, I guess I never realized it was, it was free. I haven't looked at it in a while.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. just the the the, co- the only cost is you can't use it during um, if you have Uncanny X Men as your affiliation.
0: Poor X Men. Yeah, no. I say that, but they're also doing totally they're, fine.
1: You say yeah. I, I, I I it's it's poor poor colossus or I won't even say Colossus. I would just say poor Cyclops and poor Wolverine. That's what I'll say. And maybe I'll poor Gene, poor Jean Grey, and poor Cable 2. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then they have they have a lot of balancing out factors because they, like, have, oh, they yeah, here's Rogue the, and Domino best, and X Men three. Best
1: freeze in my opinion. I love I love X Men, but yeah, really Game Game is my pick. That's my my reasoning.
0: Yeah, and I, I will say as a, a last thing on that, like I think that's the toughest thing about Gambit in X Men, is all of the other affiliated threes are also really good.
1: It is, and it, my issue is, like I said, I don't bring him with pay to flips. Like I don't like him in Mutant Madmen or Spider Vortals, mm-hmm. and those are the things that I want the most. So the times I run him are normally when I have lost the role and my opponent has picked their secures over mine, so yeah. if they have something where it's more of a static secure, where it's not like like Infinity Formula, that sort of thing. I like Gambit, where he's got that control option for me to bring to the table. So mm. it's, he's not an every game piece, for sure. But I don't think any of our pieces on this list are every game sort of pieces.
0: I think there's one.
2: Yeah, me, yeah. It's on my list.
0: It's not. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and jump into my first character. Uh, and that's going to be Craven the Hunter. Uh, Craven has the same complaint that you'll have about most three threat characters, is and that's the five stamina with threes across the board, mm-hmm. kind of a, a frailer frame. But that's just kind of is what it is when it comes to three threats most of the time. So, but besides that, there there's not a thing on his card that I think is bad. And a lot of it's actually really good.
2: The the bad thing about his name is his real name because I don't know how to pronounce it.
0: Oh man, that middle name is uh, brutal. It's like Sergey, sure, Kravenov, sure, Niklo- Nik- Niklokov, Nikolovich. Yeah. See there, there it is. Well, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're Continue. good. Uh, so he doesn't have an actual spender which is kind of a, a weird thing. His first attack, range 2, 5 dice, uh, guarantees a bleed, which is kind of cool, guarantees him a power, and on a wild, he gets to advance short. So all that's okay. Spear Thrust uh, is very similar to Gwyn's Builder, where it's range 3, uh, so a little bit of longer range, strength 4, gains power equal to damage dealt, but if this character has advanced or been placed during its activation before you use the attack, after the attack is resolved, he gets to advance medium. So he can move attack move, which I think is just kind of a huge deal on its own. But if you also manage to get in a kukuri strike before the spear thrust, you get to add three dice to this roll, so suddenly it's a seven dice range three attack. Uh, so the, the combo synergy buildup there is really nice. Uh, but then because he doesn't have a spender, all of his power can be funneled into his superpowers. Corner of the beast is a little bit more niche, but basically anytime an opponent, uh, would move and has been cornered, uh, they'll suffer a damage. And if they have the wall crawler superpower, they lose it for the end of the, until the end of its next activation. So it actually kind of stays there in between rounds, which is neat. The other one, Expert Tracker. All allied characters roll one additional attack die when targeting the chosen character with attacks this round.
1: See, I, I love that that ability. Because it's so good. It, it's, it's not like, like Death's Decree or anything where it's like an individual character gets two extra dice on an attack. This is... If you go early with Craven and hit Expert Tracker on someone, whoever they target is going to be hit harder for the rest of the round. Like, I I, I like that a lot. Like, and and I don't think people realize that when they look, they just go, "Oh, extra die on attack, or whatever." But mm-hmm. that's you can have a lot of different attacks go into that same character in the turn, and really light them up.
0: Yeah, like, especially because he's criminal syndicate affiliated, and you can splash him in there with uh, Shadowland Daredevil, and just have an absolute time of it at the uh, the higher threat levels. So, uh,
1: last it, thing, so it's, also, side, it's also it's also not restricted by range, which is surprising to me. Like you don't need to be within three of him to do it. You have to be within three to do Coin of the Beast, but you don't have to be within range to do Expert Tracker. It's like anywhere on the board. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, last thing, he gets rerolls on all of his attack and defense rolls, so a little bit more tanky than what he first appears. Uh, but more importantly, for the role that he does, is he hits harder uh, than he appears as well.
2: So, I know y'all said expert trackers awesome if you go at the early, beginning of the round, but whenever I've played Craven, I found myself so often wanting to use other characters before him. Mm -hmm. um who hit harder or who can do like you can just like i think sometimes have a better activation um and so i never really find myself using that expert tracker ability to what i think is its maximum potential because just activation order and everything else is a very hard challenge
0: yeah, I think that's a a very valid complaint cuz Craven is not a first activation character. He's a a middle of the round uh character or uh best situation is when like all of your opponent's characters have activated on one side of the board and then you get to start making activations on the other side or something and you kind of have like a, a lockdown on that other side. Yeah, uh is really nice but yeah the the real value for me an expert tracker is basically saying hey his kukuri strike is now a 6 dice attack with a reroll so it's basically a 7 die attack or his spear thrust is 5 to 8 dice uh with a reroll and kind of building on that so i think that's the the most common use for it but there's going to be situations where Uh, You kind of have the other side of the board has already been activated out. You can go with Craven on the other side, make some impactful plays and then expert tracker on the other side as well.
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Now, a nice thing about Craven is like (laughs) I I play a lot of X-Men, like I've said, and I will bring Wolverine or X-23 and use no matter the cost to move up medium. Make a range three attack on someone on like the midpoint just so I can get a medium move to get onto the point. Craven doesn't need to spend anything, he just moves medium, gets his range three spear thrust, and then gets to move medium onto the point. Like, that's pretty sweet. Like, I like being able to do that without having to spend a tactics card like I'm used to.
0: Yeah, I think that's the the thing that is mostly underrated about him is the fact that he is still able to do something, even on like a, a mostly nothing turn when all he does is move, spear thrust, move again. Like even if that's all he's getting to do, like move from one objective to another while throwing out a, a small attack along the way, it's really nice and. Hopefully, then sets him up for a better Kukuri strike the next turn that can follow up into the seven die spear thrust kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I've had it to where he's been sitting on like the corner of one of the Ds, like on one of the sides, and mm-hmm. he's like the only one over there. So I'll have a move, spear thrust, and then just move back onto the point. So I keep scoring it and maybe chip some damage through.
0: Yeah, and like if that's all he ends up doing. That's totally fine, because also he probably ends up getting to use expert tracker or something to, so that somebody out there is getting uh, some extra dice. So he's a great back point holder, uh, but but yeah, that's uh, that's my defense for Craven.
1: No, like I, what I will say is that he doesn't gain power great, unless you can get set up with like a kukuri strike into a spear thrust. But if you're doing like one of those hit and run things, like, like Kenny and I are talking about, four die attack without a pierce or anything, like he's probably not spiking a ton of damage. He might not make anything out of that. So you're like moving, attacking, moving back. You might just, you, you of
0: all people know how good four dice with a reroll is.
1: Fort, Fortex on the re-roll does destroy me quite often, <laughs> but when I roll those sorts of attacks, I tend to not have the best success rate. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just seeing it wrong, but you know, just having the power for expert tracker and corner of the beast on those turns. I, but then again, he doesn't have anything else to spend his power on. So unless you're like paying to pick up objectives, I guess paying two power for corner of the beast or paying three power for expert tracker is not that
2: expensive. So yeah, maybe
1: I'm just overthinking it. Yeah.
0: Kenny, any thoughts before we move on to your next character?
2: Yeah. I think the other thing I have with Craven is um, his two attacks. Like while they're really cool and working together at times, I find it. It's not always easy to get them to work in conjunction together. Like you'd want. And so you have to, you have to work for it a little more than I would like personally.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a little, a little bit of a mini game to it. Uh, But I think it's not a character that you see as a splash often, unless you're playing Storm's X-Men or Blade. Just to, I guess, to kind of clarify for that, because then you get some, uh, some movement shenanigans with the spear thrust, uh, even more so than normal, which can be a lot of fun. Uh, But I think uh, if you're looking at him in affiliation, uh, he kind of gets a pseudo pierce with the spider foes. So he's already a little Mm -hmm. bit more offensive there. He starts doing a little bit more work. Uh, But with the two criminal syndicates uh, with Shadowlands, Daredevil, he gets the extra reroll, all that kind of stuff, but you're probably only bringing him in at the higher threat levels and Kingpin, he just brings that uh, a little bit more mobility to the Kingpin leadership, which is already really nasty.
2: Yeah, fair enough.
0: So, sweet. Kenny, tell us about your uh, next uh, crazy pick.
2: My next character, and this is going to go against my online persona of hating X Men. <laughs> um, well, is... you, you're picking one of the
1: most hated X Men, so that's true. Like tracks.
2: I, yeah, I guess it I, it does track because he's hated so much that like now I feel like I have to advocate for him even though he's an X Men, um, <laughs> okay. and that is the fourth threat, Colossus. Um, I really have enjoyed playing Colossus the the handful of times I put him on the table. Um, I really like him in particular just because he never dies, like. He adds two dice on his front side and has uh, his organic steel, aka invulnerability, um, and so that lets him just take a bunch of hits um, if need be. And then on his back side, he has still the invulnerability and he counts blanks in his defense rolls. Um, but the thing I like most, or the way I like to play him, is I like to have him early, like round one grab an extract and sit on a secure. Um, that way he's scoring two points around and he's more of a target for your opponents who want to chase after. Um, that way you're not really having to worry about, um, paying for his bodyguard. Um, and you can just worry about paying for his boss. Moy. However you say that to add the two dice, um, and so I like doing it that way. And then when he does get on his backside, um, that's when I like to try and maybe bodyguard a little bit more um, because he'll have dropped his extracts. He'll have seven health and he'll probably have a decent amount of power to be able to bodyguard there.
1: Not, not needing to spend power for that boss boy on his um, injured side is nice.
2: Yes. It's just counting blanks there. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Uh, is that all you got for him? Uh, that's,
2: yeah, that's all I've got. He's just a tank and sit him on a point and have a good time. He does not move range five.
0: (laughs) He, he does not move range five. That is indeed a short, which is my first, uh, major concern for a character that has to, uh, keep up with allies to bodyguard, uh, and all of his attacks and his throw are all range two is we've got this uh, tanky boy on a short move.
2: Yeah, and I mean, that's valid, but like I said, I like to play him to where you're putting him into the action and you're making him maybe more of a target than anyone he would want to bodyguard. Giving your um, opponent a reason to hit him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got to give your opponent a reason to hit Colossus and, and go after him. If you're just sitting Colossus, like maybe on the backside of a point and not don't really have anyone or like you have someone around who has the extracts. Like if he's, he might not be taking two damage to continuously bodyguard. Um And then maybe like if they are targeting him with attacks and throwing him or pushing him off the point. Um I mean, just double move him and put him back on. I mean, he's, he's a big boy. And so you just want him to, to contest those points. Like I would love to play him, in a uh, kingpin syndicate and just mm-hmm. sit him on a point and say have fun
0: yeah i i don't know there like the 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 short move is unfortunate for him cuz i think there will be times where his activation is just double move after getting thrown medium or something uh but i don't think there's going to be many times where i think colossus is the threat over Uh, the rogue or the X-23 or the domino or any of the other three threat uh, X-Men that are out there is a viable target.
2: I I mean, I agree entirely, but again, if he's got an extract and he's sitting on a secure, he's, I mean, he's potentially scoring you two victory points around. And so if they're wanting to just throw him away and, go after other people like by all means do that and let me just keep scoring points on Colossus
1: my my issue with him there's a couple and I've got a lot of experience of complaining about Colossus I'm gonna keep it brief because I could go on for a (laughs) while but a slow character with only range two attacks is frustrating because you have a comparable character in Captain America who has a gainer on a range four shield throw where he could literally bounce it off two heads and gain two power to fund his bodyguard with one range four attack. Mm -hmm. Colossus has nothing like that. There's no way for him to do that. And second, he has no control presence. Like he can't push, he can't throw, he can't displace any piece. And like the strike where he's got this, I won't say it's completely useless, but concussive force is about as useless as it gets. You have to get a wild, and after the attack is resolved, where presumably you've dealt damage, the target character loses one power. whoop de doo Awesome. Great. You hit him for two. They only gave one power out of it. Congratulations, Colossus. Now, you, 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 have, you have struck well.
2: Now, I'm not arguing that he couldn't that have... That could be a push. Better- I
1: mean a range to attack with a push on wild like th- there is nothing about that that would make him broken
2: yeah i'm i'm not arguing that he should maybe have control or shouldn't have control i'm just saying that he is underrated the way he is now and i do think he has there's... he
1: has he has a place on the battlefield i will give you that like there are certain matchups where having that big bruiser tank piece is more preferential than having my only other four i can compare him to is rogue and nine times out of ten i'd rather have rogue because she has not the same tankiness but she's still got the damage reduction but her kit is just so much more fleshed out Uh, oh yeah
2: she she has a lot more fun stuff on her card i i agree entirely there's like a
1: like a little tweak like if you just moved him medium instead of short i would love him or if you gave him a push instead of concussive force, I would like him a lot better. But uh, I try. I, I put him on the table. I do. But man,
0: all right. So here, here's my problem, uh, and I've already listed one problem. So here's my here's my other problem. <laughs> There's this other four threat character that has four three three on defense, six stamina on the healthy side, six stamina on the injured side. He has the same defensive ability of either getting to roll more dice or count blanks. Except this guy moves long, has additional short movement that he can add on. He has a strike that can push size three. He has a spender that can also, uh, no, push any size. Uh, and he that, that's
1: can... that's been changed, hasn't it? any size?
0: No, his spender can still push any size. He's so good. <laughs> and he also is able to get full re-rolls on either of those attacks. for, And, and whenever he gets those rerolls, it's for the rest of the turn. Mm-hmm. And so the only, like, the, the major difference to me that stands out here is uh, one has uh, damage reduction in bodyguard, and the other one has a lot more control and consistency.
2: Yeah. I mean... I'm not saying that Colossus is better than Panther. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I, I know you're not, but it's. Uh, I'm it's just, just saying so, that, it's tough.
2: I'm just saying Colossus has a place, and that place is not as low as people would say he is. I, um, I just think people are like are focusing too much on his bodyguard ability, and not as much on making him an impact on the table as far as scoring he, points because at the end of the. A
1: very tanky character and that i will not deny he's about as tanky as it comes when it when it comes to yeah just an will tank like yeah
2: that's why i like to lean into that tankiness um and like it would be cool to lean into his tankiness as a bodyguard like that's just because he doesn't generate power that well and because when he does bodyguard he's probably not going to take as much damage Um, that's why I just like making him a threat and ignoring that bodyguard on his front side and just trying to play around Boz Moy, Bozzy Moy.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So so it's more of a, instead of focusing on him as a a bodyguard piece, making him just a a durable, a more durable beater. He
1: is a very good objective holder. Like if you can put an objective on him and park him on a, a secure, like he's great.
0: Mm hmm. That's fair. Uh, Justin, do you want to go next with your second or you want me to go?
1: Sure, I'll go. Um, My second is a character who for the longest time I actually despised and I've really come around on him. It's not (laughs) nothing about him has changed. It's just a matter of I've started putting him into affiliations where he is able to shine And I think the meta right now is making him shine. But the character is the Punisher. And when he came out, he had no affiliation. He still has no affiliation, which drives me crazy. But, you know, it's like he's got like a hip fire with a rapid fire. He's got his aim shot, which I actually I love his aim shot. It's range five with a pierce. And if you deal damage, you stun and slow the character. Those are like two of my favorite conditions to dish out to people so having that on a on a character who's not tanky but who's not overly like threatening like you can bring way more threatening pieces to a game but Mm -hmm. having that kit on a character who also has a two point short move superpower he's really versatile and like I was saying, with a meta now where you've got a lot more of an attrition focus with pieces like Malekith and like Shadowlands, Darede- Shadowlands Daredevil is his home. He should be affiliated there. But And then he's got <laughs> a card called Blood, Red, and Personal where if you've got a really killy team and you can time it right, Blood, Red, and Personal can earn you two or three victory points in a round. Like, that's nuts. And... I think that more people should put him on the table and actually try him out because hipfire doesn't have a trigger. It's like a built-in rapid fire. You get it no matter what, which I love. And -hmm. it's a gainer. So if you can get that off twice, you build four power, there's your blood red and personal for the next round. You know, it's like, I don't know. I think he's good. I I just think he's a really solid piece. And with the killy list that we have nowadays, I think he's even better.
0: Yeah, uh as somebody who has uh, played him in a couple of different places uh recently uh I, I think he is uh he's underrated and I think he's will remain underrated until he has uh, an affiliation where people are able to more regularly uh, see him in where he's actually affiliated
1: yeah and also with the um advent of grunts the fallen ability on him becomes a lot better because if the enemy is bothering to kill those grunt pieces he gets those um fallen tokens a Mm -hmm. lot quicker than he would normally and you don't have to lose like your like main core pieces of your list you just lose grunts every round who cares so, you know, having that go off and being able to add two or three dice to your hip fire or to your aim shot is really nice. Yeah, it's
0: it's kind of gross how well he synergizes with Shadowland Daredevil.
2: It really is. <laughs> yeah, he's he nasty there. Um I guess that's my my thing with him then is Shadowland's Daredevil like gave him a home, but like that's still really I think his only home Um, i don't think he really fits game plans in many other places like i considered him in black order but like there's just other people i would i would still rather take over him even though blood red and personal is really cool with them
1: i think he's great with Malakith. like if you have a Malakith cabal team like i think he's he's awesome being able to Blood red and personal around when malekith is going to charge in, hit someone hard, throw them into someone else. When you get a daze off the throw, the dream is if you leave the person you hit on one health and then throw them into someone else, dealing the one damage to the person you threw, and then hitting <laughs> the other person for the throw damage. Then you've got all the power to do your your <laughs> Thor killer or whatever it is on someone else. Like you can get three dazes or kos in a round with that one character, and then turns into three victory points with blood red and personal like that's that that is gross
0: That that is the chef's kiss it yeah. does have to be chaos for blood red and personal which oh, I, think is it? Is I couldn't
1: remember it was chaos or because i know it's, it's not that, that fallen is days and ko but yeah yeah so i guess killmongers is that's yeah i get them all mixed up
2: uh
0: but it is really good if you can line it up i think it's very easy if you are running him in uh, malekith cabal to uh, have it lined up so that Malekith can activate and score you two victory points, uh, probably round three or something. Uh, The last thing I'll say kind of in his favor is uh, he has the ability to attack somebody twice and still get onto a middle point objective because he's able to move up, rapid fire, and then spec ops training and still have a power left over. Yep. Which is uh, just a really nice ability to have that opening play, or move up, pick up a hammer, shoot
1: twice, and then spec ops training.
0: Uh, I don't know if those ranges work out.
1: I the the range they would have to be like on the midpoint, I think. But I think you could do it. I don't know. I don't I know if nice you. Training. I don't know if the spec ops training would get you there because it's a short move. It might. I I don't know. I'd have to mess around with it. But if it works out, it'd be sweet.
0: Yeah. No, I think uh, yeah. The, the thing that's holding him down the most is he doesn't have an affiliation. And I do think Kenny's right. I think uh, that that's his biggest uh, nitpick at the, the moment for me is, like, yes, you run him in Shadowland Daredevil because he gets the re-roll and rapid-fire shenanigans and he synergizes with the Grunts. But other than that, right now, I, I've played him in Guardians of the Galaxy as just kind of, like, having some fun with it. But that's... It's still not necessarily like the ideal home for him.
1: I've not tried it because I have a aversion to Cyclops these days, but I feel like he would do very well in a Cyclops team. Ooh. Being able to aim shot like round one onto someone where you can stun and slow them like right off the bat. That that has an appeal for me.
0: That has appeal. Honestly, I like him more as a battery just have them hit fire and start handing out power
1: yeah that's what i was thinking sure i mean it it honestly it works both ways and i will not discount the effect of war zone because people forget about that all the time and i love it when i catch them off guard and blow up some building and (laughs) have two or three pieces take two damage off that like that feels great when it happens but It's not, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's a cool thing. It's not really a... Rule of cool. Yeah.
0: My next one, and I'm going to save the one that I think should be splashed just about everywhere, and people are still sleeping on them uh, for last. Uh, But my next one is Sabertooth. Oddly. Uh, This is a character that I was and have been down on pretty much since his release. Uh, He didn't really have a home with Magneto's brotherhood because he doesn't have any throws and you you kind of want that natural synergy. Uh, didn't really necessarily feel great with Mystique either, uh, but I think slowly but surely he has kind of come into his own in part because of the meta we have, in part because I've actually started seeing him in action and realized what he's capable of. Uh, the, the downside is he, he doesn't have any consistency and he's actually pretty squishy despite having healing factor, but everything else on his card is just super killy, uh, and surprisingly so. Long move is nice to have, aggressive is nice to have, especially since he has a counterpunch kind of thing with untamed force where you get to make a claw slash attacking the attacker, uh, and that's something that can bleed and pierce them, so in addition to the damage it deals, if you're able to bleed them, uh, they take an extra point of damage unless they can shake it off, which is really nice. Uh, but really, the I think the thing that mostly Baron Strucker has opened my eyes to is the combination of sacrifice plus exceptional healing uh, just means you have an unkillable bodyguard for a turn, and that can be really mean.
1: And Honestly, exceptional healing, I think, is the focus here because there are enough healing factor pieces in the game right now that I can splash Sabertooth and 23 in a list and feel okay bringing it even if they are not affiliated. Mm -hmm. Like Right now, my Spider Foes team has Lizard, X-23, and Sabertooth, and I bring exceptional every game because I have at least two of those three pieces on the board pretty much every game I play with that, that team right now. And it's a really good card. <laughs> it's just a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's like, oh, you hit me for 12? Uh, no, I think I'll only take one, thanks.
0: Yeah. Uh, I had the misfortune of leaving my opponent Sabertooth on, like, two health round one. Like, I put some ranged attacks into him, did some decent work, didn't finish him off. And so, top of round two... Uh he was able to get off back-to-back Savage Predators that also saw two additional claw <laughs> slashes come out of it. Uh and just outright top of two days three of my
2: characters. <laughs> yeah. Savage and, and that Predators is an awesome attack.
0: Yeah, and that and that was the moment where I was just like, Oh, I've been sleeping on this guy. Like it it doesn't really matter like the how it does matter how bad they can be. Uh, if things just aren't going their way, but every character kind of has that low point. Uh, but a character that can just activate in days three models uh, is something that uh, I think is noteworthy of anybody. And uh, as such, I think Sabertooth is uh, underrated for where he's at.
1: You're going to so get no no pushback from me. <laughs> I, I, I love this piece. I've started splashing him all over the place.
2: Yeah, I think my biggest issue is he is squishy, but I mean, you kind of address that with, you know, he can make the Untamed Force attack, and he has, like, kind of that retaliation piece um, to it, and I mean, Venom is, like, another, I guess, similar character in that regard, and um, Daredevil as well. Um, the thing I like about Sabretooth, though, is um, he can Daredevil pierce. Is
1: way killier than Daredevil, like yeah. Maybe magnitudes more killy.
2: Yeah. Um the thing I like about Sabretooth, I mean, even maybe compared to Venom is he does have that Pierce, and depending on like if you're playing him in like X Force, which might be like which is one of his mm-hmm. potential homes, um, he can get like the reroll on that attack as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, like between him and Venom, it, it's just it, you have Venom who also has uh, a lot of control on his card, uh, a, as well as Venom attacks into certain characters better because they don't get to modify their dice. Mm-hmm. So, like there, there are pros and cons to both. At the end of the day, Venom is one of my favorite characters out of the comics and stuff. So, like Venom will be the the higher of the two uh, on any given day. But I do think uh, sabretooth has a place and is underrated.
2: Yep. Agreed.
1: I will say, in the meta right now, like, no mercy. Like, there are a lot of bruiser pieces that have, you know, 8, 10 health.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: finding a target with 3 damage on it that still needs to be hit real hard is way easier nowadays than it was when he came out. So that ability has gone up in value as the meta has gotten bigger. I don't know how else to put it. But like Malekith, Hulk, um, Sentinels, like, you know, when they start hitting the tables, like
0: Juggernaut even. Yeah, Juggernaut's
1: another good example. Like if you can hit three or four damage on them and then you can get Saberdooth up there, you've got seven power and you can Savage Predator, no mercy. Like you are going to light that guy up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Uh, the only thing I wish for No Mercy is that it was reactive so you could Untamed Force and No Mercy.
1: That is fair, but...
0: It's a a nitpick. Yeah. Angie, I hope you're listening. Uh, (laughs) Kenny, hit us with your last
2: one. My last one, uh, it's one of my favorites from the Trap House, is Cassandra Nova, aka Cassie, as I like to call her. Um, (laughs) I like her a lot, Um I know, like she got a lot of beef for her Sonic Bolt not being uh, six dice um, like mm-hmm. Modoc's, and it's the same. I mean, it's basically the same attack, just one less dice. Um, but she has a lot more, I think, that she offers than Modok, especially now in the uh, in the post-nerf days to Modok. Um, her mind possession attack to advance a character at speed is really cool. Um, you can sometimes combine that if you have the power to like advance them their speed, maybe it's right to range three and then psychic distraction to um, do another damage and uh, advance Cassandra Nova away short um, to where she can psionic bolts um, and be outside of her um, pseudo stealth or make the opponent be outside their pseudo stealth range or her pseudo stealth range. So you can attack them, but they can't attack you um, if they have a range four attack. Um, so I think she has a lot of really cool stuff. Um, her telekinetic deflection, to not suffer damage from collisions is a, an amazing ability um especially with a character with uh two physical defense um i don't know i've found her to be really fun um i like i like psychic distraction a lot because it just makes her a lot harder to chase down um and it only costs two whereas like characters like rocket and mysterio uh that a similar ability costs three
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and she's got healing factor, so seven and six health with healing factor um, is really solid, especially when like you factor in stealth and her ability to get away with psychic distraction.
0: So everything you said sounds really cool and really good, uh, but but where is she getting the power for everything she needs? This is my yep. literally my only complaint about her. Yep.
2: Um, that's. That's the hard part I have with her sometimes as well. Uh, I, I want to uh, try and hide that uh, sap power can help, but again, you've got to hit the wilds and don't have any kind of uh, dice control for her. But I mean, she's not always going to be the biggest threat on the table. I think I'm, I I'm a person who likes to run sometimes taller lists. Um, so hopefully like I'll have like a bigger threat on the table near her. Um, or if, if they are going after her, like some of my bigger threat pieces or other pieces can have as much of an impact as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, at the end of the day, I literally, all I wish for her was that, uh, she had a base, uh, power gain of one extra, two extra, uh,
1: yeah one, one extra power two power a turn would feel great because that way i could mind possession and if i like sonic bolt and then mind possession and i might have enough power to psychic distraction next. yep time. like that that's yeah. what i'm looking for because if you move and mind possession someone you are hanging her out to dry when it comes to physical attacks because if someone can get in close and she doesn't have the power to kind of psychic distraction away mm-hmm. that sucks and for a yeah, five-track character, you don't want that gotcha, like, round two or whatever. I don't know. I, I love her. I mean, her kit is awesome. And it's it takes a lot of finesse to play, which I really like. Like, it's mm-hmm. not a... It's not kind of laid out for you, like certain other characters where, you know, maybe their lines of play are a lot more kind of telegraphed. This one, like, she's got a stealth ability. She's got a built-in brace like there's a lot to her kit that's just kind of like oh yeah i forgot you could do this (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. yeah that's and i try not to do her mind possession if i it's gonna leave me short on power for psychic distraction or telekinetic deflection um unless like i'm mind possessioning someone way the heck away um then it might make more sense um but I mean, yeah, she's she's definitely power starved i will I will not deny that i I do like her psychic distraction too because because she has flight, um, she can advance onto places that give her cover Ooh. as well. That's fun if she's still gonna end up being within range three or something.
1: I will say pyro makes me sad because his um, essentially biokinesis power only costs two and yep cost three. <laughs> that means, yeah, yeah, that's, I mean.
2: that's, that's a <laughs> that's a bummer. Uh, Pyro can do it once per turn; she can do it multiple. But I mean, who care? How, how often do you I have know. that much power to? Yeah, how many
0: times is she going to be spending
2: six? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it, yeah, that, that makes me sad. I mean, I love <laughs> Brut Slow. Like Biokinesis definitely has its place. Like if mm-hmm. there's a Malakith within, within range three, like. I will biokinesis Malachith in a heartbeat um, and not worry about having the power for psychic distraction or telekinetic deflection just to, to make him slow and make him have to spend the extra power for before he does his skull, the ability or before he does his charge.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, The only other thing I'll I'll have to say about her uh, is I, I got nothing. I don't
2: even know.
1: She's great in Cabal. <laughs> I love her in Cabal.
2: Oh yeah, she's fun there. Red Skull Cabal. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Uh,
0: I want to try her in Sentinels. I think is one of the things because they they have a way to hand out power that she is desperately looking for. Mm-hmm. She's affiliated. It's expensive, but Sentinels are kind of already a, a tall list anyway. So that that's something I want to try.
2: Yeah, I've. I mean, I've played one game with her in Sentinels, but, but we didn't have like her really cool taxes card that goes along with them. But she, I mean, she was fun there. I didn't play her very effectively. So she ended up dying pretty quickly. Like she's definitely a, you got to be cagey with her, but that's a, that's enough on Cassie, Justin, who you got for your third and final character,
1: my final character. This is one that I've only recently picked up on. And this is from, um, the recent tournament they had in chicago which was taken down by an x-men team that ran and this is a coin term that i did not coin but i heard the name. i love but it's raw maw which is <laughs> ebony maw without the space jet. and i will say this is a very specific build because it is only for x-men teams led by storm because What makes Maw work a lot these days is putting the Space Jam on him, where you can teleport him up the board and double tap with his Black Tongue attack. Mm -hmm. Well, in Storm's X Men, you can actually Storm Hop off a piece and get almost the same distance as you would with a Space Jam teleport. So being able to get Ebony Maw up and double-tap Black Tongue on someone where you can advance characters and you gain power, then you've got a long-range, size 4... It's the best throw in the game. Size 4 throw, long-range. No, it's only a terrain oh, yeah. feature. but You can pick up a sizable building or a humongous truck and chuck it long-range into someone on the midline. Like Having that kind of board presence that early is gross for a team that i mean you know i love x-men they've got some attrition pieces but they are not an attrition list in my opinion but when you bring maul like this he dishes out a ton of damage and it's all mystic attacks too which is something x-men kind of lack a little bit aside from magic so i think he in that specific use without the space gem is great now, I, your mileage may vary with other affiliations, but in that instance, I think he is one of those five threats that I'm going to start putting on the table a lot.
0: Yeah, I could see a really good argument for uh, having him in somewhere like uh, Midnight Suns where the bump kind of acts as his own uh, mind gem where it's one less power, but you also uh, get a little bit less range out of the bump.
2: I I think Convocation, where... I mean, it's, he's not going to get the bump around one, mm-hmm. um, but he's going to be bumping and grinding throughout the game. And so he can make up for his lack of space gym there in that way. Um, but I guess my my rebuttal for Raw Ma is that's only three affiliations that he really could be effective in without any kind of space gym. Um, where I would maybe want him to be, like, have more of like that impact on the board that you'd expect from him at six threat everywhere else. Um, but then again, he's he's five threat, so
1: right. And uh, honestly, five threat is like the sweet spot for X Men because that that's you can build really good seventeen teams or eighteen point teams if you bring Rogue. Like, there's a lot of
2: like mm-hmm. seventeen and
1: eighteen point three games are like the bread and butter of mcp right now so mm-hmm. having a piece like that with such a board control state is really really nice to have there
2: yeah i can see that i would just play dr strange there but that's me <laughs> you,
0: you play dr strange anywhere over
1: Maul though i i do like dr strange and x-men but he does not have the damage potential that ebony maw does that's that's fair
0: it's a true statement yeah, I think my only uh, critique of uh, the Five Threat Maw is that I, I am so used to Space Jim on and what he's able to accomplish for the the extra threat. The, it's crazy how much uh, a, of a better piece he becomes, not necessarily because of the one extra power, but simply because of the uh, the self-place and the mobility that that is able yeah. to lend him is. a... a Two power range,
1: range two place every turn is really good. And I'm not saying Space Maw is bad. I'm saying Maw without the gem is underrated, which I think he is, because most of the time you see him on the board, he's got the Space Gem. But with it being restricted now, it kind of sucks bringing it sometimes.
0: You're not wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't like that you're right, as a matter of fact. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? There's this uh, There's this other character that has a range 2 place for 2 power just built onto their card, and they're only 4-threat, and there's no reason that you should not be running them in every other list you build. Uh, I'm talking about Crimson Dynamo, because I am head over heels for this 4-threat character and his absurdness of what he's mm. able to do.
2: Darth Iron Man.
0: Uh, I actually, yes, I, I didn't add the, the shoulder pauldrons, so he's going to get like a green stuff cape. I uh, like filed down his star a little bit. I'm giving him a Darth Vader chess piece, yes. painting him all black. I'm going to see what I can do about, uh, adding a lightsaber to his uh, right hand and stuff.
2: Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm excited for
0: that whenever it comes to a uh, full fruition,
2: but uh, sell, us uh, on, sell us on, crimson on dynamo.
0: All right. Uh, so this is a character that w- was, in a way, like one. He's a little bit overshadowed because he came out the same time as Malakith, and <laughs> yeah,
1: and that's, uh, that's quite, the, quite the shadow <laughs> to release under. It's a, a giant <laughs> yeah. tiger shaped shadow. Yeah. Uh,
0: but the dude has six stamina on injured and healthy side, so that's pretty good as it is. Twelve. Uh, yep. 4-3-4 uh, for the defensive line, so not great, not terrible, but also has... Four, 3
2: pretty uh, great. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it, it is. Thank you 3. for uh, 7 clarifying. Can, not,
2: not, not terrible. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, but in addition to all of that, he has two more defensive things going for him. Uh, first is the... Uh, matrix alloy that lets him uh, reduce damage by one to a minimum of one and his disruption field that only costs two power. And whenever a enemy character is attacking within range three, uh, either at him or another allied character, uh, you get to reroll up to two of the attackers dice. That ability is so rude. It's so good. It's like witty banter, except two power for two dice. It's double the fun uh but let's not stop there because he also has a range four beam attack <laughs> that's a five dice energy gaining power guaranteed that also shocks on a wild yep uh, uh that, that seems good with all of the other defensive stuff that he has going on uh he also has homing rockets if you need it I guess range five. Uh, Five dice, cost two power, ignores line of sight, no cover, and explosive so you can hit the wild and deal some damage. Uh, But really, it's mostly the fact that he has that beam followed by the pseudo space gem with his propulsion thrusters uh, that lets him line up his own beam every single turn. (laughs)
1: It's not even pseudo-space gem. It's just the space gem.
0: It's just space gem with a You can't
1: move other characters, but you move yourself two of its current position for two power. That is the space gem.
0: He's really good, guys. Uh, He he does have a short move, and that's something that uh, is usually a really big knock on characters that I feel like is a justified knock, but he also then has a range two place for two power. Uh, And this guy's going
2: to
1: And his attacks are beam four and range five for the homing rockets.
0: Yeah. So he's going to be able to very easily build that power back up. He's extremely durable. uh, And putting him in a team that has any other kind of like defensive uh, abilities, whether it's adding more dice or even just rerolls, having that in combination with disruption field will just make your opponent beat their head against the table. So So much fun to watch.
1: So I, yeah. I agree with you fully. I think people are sleeping on Crimson Dynamo. I think he should be splashed a lot more places than he is currently. I want to conduct an exercise with you guys. I want you to go on to whatever list builder you like and pull up Cable's card. And I want no. you to kind of go down the list and let's do a comparison, shall we? We'll look at the, the speed, the defensive stats, the powers, all of that stuff, and tell me cable shouldn't be a 4th threat character because this <laughs> here crimson dynamo shows me that if cable were a four threat character like you take away the the invulnerability and give him an extra power return boom he doesn't have a way to gain power with the overcharged capacitors but that's okay because his gainer isn't a beam it's just a range five five die energy Cable frustrates me so much when I see a character like Crimson Dynamo, because Crimson Dynamo is just either as good or better than Cable for one less threat. My jaw is on the floor.
0: I have not done a side-by-side comparison of these two.
1: The side-by-side comparison is very sobering, because why would I ever pay five threat for Cable when I could pay four threat for Crimson Dynamo? (laughs) And honestly, shock and incinerate—they're like two sides of the same coin on effectiveness, in my opinion. And the fact that you can beam the shocks onto people, as opposed to single-target the incinerate with cable—it's just like ah.
2: Now, I do think cable needs changes, but I still think he's probably a five-threat as he is right now. Um, that might be a topic for, or a conversation for us to have at a different time. Love, <laughs> let me we're let me ask you, about Dynamo. So- we
1: we we. I, I had some conversations with people about this earlier today. In X Men currently, I saw. would you pay four threat for Cable over four threat for Rogue?
2: No, I would pay five threat for Doctor Strange.
1: That, you're not okay, Nate. <laughs> how about you? Kenny's not going to answer this question because he won't. He won't consider X Men good.
2: No, would that's not. Pay, that's, no, would that's you not pay what four? I'm, four I'm looking for, Rogue? for five
1: threat. I'm 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 asking you here if Cable costs four threat. Would you pay the fourth threat for Cable's kit? Or would you pay the fourth threat for Rogue's kit? It'd probably
0: be Rogue's kit. It yeah. would
1: probably be Rogue's kit. She has a better kit, and Cable. I mean, I want him to be so good, but he moves short. He's got a two power hop, sure. He's got a two power like bodyguard field, awesome. But I don't so think does he's Dynamo. he's he's no different than Crimson Dynamo. Like if you made cable cost four, swap out the invulnerability for the extra power return, take away flight, boom—you've got you've got cable at a four threat.
0: I think you would have to uh, do some modifying to his omega omega level threat throw, but uh, but otherwise, I think that is a, a scarily accurate uh, consideration. I it mean, it's sense, a fair,
2: it it's a fair comparison, but I don't think. Cable should be a five threat as he is. Like I think he's just a very you under mean four threat. Five threat. Or, yeah, four threat. <laughs> I'm I'm running on minimal sleep, guys. <laughs> I,
1: I I that is very fair, and I I do understand that you are running on minimal sleep. But I just it was something that was brought up today that I think is very like it's like oh man, Crimson Dynamo is really just cable at four threat like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, telekinetic shield is strictly speaking better than Crimson Dynamo's re rolls, uh, although both very, very similar in what I they actually are don't think to so. Accomplish.
1: Because I mean, when you just
0: because of crits being able to the chance I, for additional crits on telekinetic shield makes it mathematically. Yeah, I'm I'm doing like little air quotes, eye rolling, yeah. and all that. It it is technically better, but. Uh, the, the disruption field is pretty darn close to the same level of effectiveness.
2: Um, so I do want to maybe rebuttal some, rebut some on yeah. on Crimson Dynamo because that's who we're talking you, you about. You can try, yeah. <laughs> um, I can try. Um, and that's what I'm here to do, right? Um, my, I just wish he had like, you want this way man to have more well i mean like i just think homing rockets is lame homing and, and rockets i wish he had lame. i wish he had like a little bit better of a spender. or like it was one more dice or something cuz like it's mm-hmm. the same thing as iron man's um and this guy's it's lame on iron threat. man too <laughs> yeah it's well iron man can add dice to it if he wants yeah uh i don't know why you do that compared to just doing his repulsor blast but you can um so like i wish he had like maybe a way to like add one or two dice to one of his attacks or something like that
0: yeah i mean i i honestly would not mind uh homing rockets being just a six dice attack for make it
2: make it like cost 3 and be six dice
0: yeah or or 7 and 3 or something like that
2: yeah i
1: mean ignoring line of sight and cover is actually kind of sweet like
0: it is. I, I I still wouldn't mind a six die spender uh, for the four threat, just because he is four threat. Uh, but I think so much of his kit is devoted to damage mitigation that if you wanted to make him also a really good damage dealer, uh, he he would just be straight up busted.
2: That's fair. I'm I'm a lot more aggressive than a lot of people in this game, so I like I like big sexy spenders
1: i mean you did put super giant as one of your three
2: <laughs> i i did i don't think that's a big sexy spender but <laughs> yes i think if
0: you're looking for the more aggressive version of crimson dynamo uh you go to vision
1: vision is the more aggressive version i mean he doesn't shock on his beam which got the shock on beam is crazy town good
0: yeah yeah that's but he has to throw he has the, uh, a two-cost throw, by the way. That's uh, size three characters or terrain medium. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Uh, but he also has the the really good spender, where your opponent doesn't count crits and doesn't get to explode crits. Yep. So yeah, I think if uh, if you're just looking for the more offensive version of Crimson Dynamo, go to Vision. Vision is also like-
1: way less tanky. Oh, by the way, Crimson Dynamo is better defense stat line than Cable. Yeah. this Cable's 334, Crimson Dynamo's 434. Four. Just saying. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, before we uh, engage further in that conversation, uh, <laughs> these are nine characters <laughs> that uh, we think are underrated. Not necessarily that they are top cure characters, except for Crimson Dynamo, uh, but that they definitely deserve a second look and probably deserve a little bit more table time than what we as a community might be giving them so if you're listening to this in the next couple weeks if you get a chance try out one or two of these characters have some fun roll some dice and uh, let us know how they do for you Uh, yes please yeah so that is all we have to for today thank you all for uh, listening in with us as we uh, rant about uh, some loved characters and stuff uh, until next time keep on gaming